Hello, listeners, and welcome to Tales of Asperon. This show is an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast. Now, what does that mean? Once a month, we sit down at our desks here and leave our everyday lives behind to pretend to be someone we're not. And by we, I mean myself and four other friends. We record it all and put it out here for you to enjoy. Together, we hope to weave a beautiful story for you about four adventurers who are just trying to find their way through this strange new world and hopefully come together to make it a little bit better than it was when they started. The best part of it all is that we have no idea what will happen next. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, or D&D. This just means that sometimes we roll dice to figure out what happens next in the story. Will one of our adventurers slay a dragon, defeat an evil sorcerer, save a kingdom, or make a really bitchin' crepe? We're going to roll some dice and find out. Together. I welcome you to the sprawling, unkempt world of Asperon. Here, the new divine walk among common mortals, and the kingdoms of humanity shine like a beacon throughout the cosmos. Within the dense jungles of the Drogma Coast, beasts of Jurassic proportions lurk, awaiting their next meal, and pirate regents reign supreme among the Azure Seas. Throughout the Amber Cascades, Oasis kingdoms wage wars for family and justice for the fallen. In the Black Anvil Swamplands, mortals squabble over petty vices as a dark power incubates unnoticed, deep within the body of a fallen god. In the gap between these mighty kingdoms lies the frontier of Asperon, a land of rolling plains and foothills left to fend for itself among the spoils of greater powers. A place ruled by the iron fists of outlaws and monsters and the cruelest of foes. This is a place where heroes are forged. Tonight, we find ourselves at a makeshift camp within the white leaf wood of the frontier. The massive stellar rings that surround the planet brighten the evening sky as small shafts of light break through the foliage to illuminate the campsite below. Lit from above, we see a tent, ragged and blood-stained, gently shifting in the breeze of this cool night. The forest is quiet, save for the crisp pop of still warm embers and the cries of a crow perched on a tree. An ill omen. Hele my Anna. So Hele. I would I'm a fairly not like too thin, but fairly thin, cheetah-esque person okay. who is walking around, you know, mainly shirtless, and has fairly fine, you know, combed fur, except for a couple patches that can never be matted down properly. <laughs> Calyx. Yep. Hella, you've been pursuing this individual you saw on the road a few days back um, mm -hmm. on your travel. You're not sure exactly who he is, but he looked like the adventuring type. You've run to this man who calls himself Thurbash, and you've kind of been traveling together as you make your way, sort of following the trail of this guy. He's pretty thin, pretty like lanky, piercing blue eyes, um, close to the scalp, black hair. And the only thing that really stands out about him is the clothing that he wears. These um, handmade olive green, dark green, uh, and dark gray vestments. It's nighttime. Kind of, it has just started to get dark. Um, and you guys are probably at a point where you should be settling down. Um, when you guys kind of stop and take in the surrounding, the telltale signs of a crackling fire. Oh no. A little bit in the distance. Um... What do you guys do? I think I'll stay here. If you want to go over there, I, I can just continue setting up camp. And yeah. Okay, that might be the guy I'm looking for. I, I, I kind of really want to find this person. So let's go. 
or I'll go. Just yell if you need anything. You walk up, you don't see anyone at the campsite. Um, the fire is low. It looks like it's been crackling for a little while, but it still has enough light in this kind of dimly lit patch of woods where you can kind of see around a bit. Next to this tent, you see what looks to be a large personal chest that has been popped open. Um, and you see a, hand, a, a handful of coins on the ground, not much. Looking around, it's immediately obvious that something is wrong. This campsite around you has been attacked, it looks like. Um, looking at the tent, you can see that there's a clear claw mark on the side of it. And right next to this kind of low smoldering fire, you can see what looks to be a simple leather duster, worn and beaten. Um, but there's a claw mark on the upper right shoulder. And it's covered in like caked and dried blood. I guess I would look at the tent the first thing I saw, the first thing I would do. Okay. Um, so popping open this tent, um, looking inside, um, it looks empty, like scraped clean. Whoever was here has already kind of tossed it. Um, you do see the little foot chest that was sitting at like the opening to this tent has been smashed. It hasn't been opened. It's been smashed. And on the inside, you don't see any blood. Um, I guess I would go outside. Mm-hmm. Pick up the coins and put them back in the chest. And then immediately go find Thurbash. So you quickly make your way through the wood and walk back to Thurbash. What did you find? I think my hero is in trouble. We need to go find him. All right. I'm following you. I don't know if that's a good idea, but sure, let's go. (laughs) All right, try to find a trail, I guess. Okay, Um, give me a... Let's call this a survival check because you're tracking. Okay. Both, are better. Um, both or one with advantage. You guys can choose. Nice. I got a 21. 22. 22. Okay. <laughs> 19. Um, so looking around, you can clearly see that there's a bit of the, the brush at the back and the south end of the campsite that has been pushed apart by something big. Um, like a, a body had been moving through the woods and you can see boot prints on the ground. They're not clean. They're very quick and pa- they look, you kind of get the idea they may be panicked um, running south out of the world. Well, this is, I understand why you called me. We don't, we, 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 we should really hurry up. I don't know how long it's been here. Not long because of the fire, but. All right. I'm, I'm good for a run. I take off with no further need of uh, explanation. Okay. I follow. Hours later, the morning sun brings a comforting warmth to the quiet river town of Homestead. The sounds of distant conversation and anvil on steel carry as the townsfolk begin their day. A plume of white steam billows from the stack of a riverboat moored on the banks of the Opal River. A woman far from home steps off this riverboat and begins her search for answers that her family could not possibly provide. She is a short half-elf with light, kind of blonde-ish hair, pinkish, a light strawberry blonde hair. She's got face paint around her eyes that, like, come down into, like, little diamonds. She's wearing an oversized coat. She's got plants sticking out of her pockets. So at this point, the riverboat has kind of made its stop at the small town of Homestead, um, midway down the river. And... It's stopping here for the day so that anyone on board can, it seems like they're, based on what you've seen, they're doing some kind of, they're dropping off supplies, doing business with the people here, and then getting ready to move on further down the river. You know, to get off, stretch your legs, you've gotten off the boat and kind of wandered into this small little town here. Um, the town itself is fairly small, simple. I'd say maybe no more than 20, 30 little buildings. Can you roll me, uh, actually, you know what, no. while you're walking around, just kind of exploring, is there anything in particular you think Alaya would be drawn to or would be looking for? Or um, just- Probably just plants, flower shops, okay. that kind of stuff. So while you're walking around, um, you do catch sight of, at first you think it's a flower shop because the exterior does have these kind of nice and vibrant plants all around the surface, um, but you realize that it, um, based on the sign, 
outside that it is actually an apothecary. Um, okay. And while you're standing here kind of regarding the building, you hear quick and rushed footsteps as someone goes like they're running past you and a man kind of shoulder checks into you and just stumbles down to the ground. Can you roll me a dexterity save? And so it begins. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hold on. 17. Okay. Oh, um, so because you heard his footsteps coming when he bounces off of you, um, you kind of just pivot on your foot and turn as he stumbles to the ground. And before you, you see a human man. He's wearing kind of like a simple uh, leather tunic over what looks to be kind of like a white cotton shirt. And he's wearing loose pants. He looks common clothes, um, or what you'd at least assume that. Over his back, he has a small, like, uh, satchel. Are you okay? And I bend down, trying to help him up. You hear a faint groaning as this man kind of looks like he tries. So he keeps his hand on the ground and tries to lift himself up and crumples down to the ground. It looks like there's something wrong with him. I guess ask him and ask if he's hurt or if there's anything I can do. He's like face down. On the oh, okay. <laughs> he's like, when he bumped into you, he stumbled and just... Um, so she's gonna just... Hang on, I'll be right back. And then she's going to run into the apothecary and be like, someone help. <laughs> okay. You push the door open and inside this little shop, rather small, humble, um, there's two kind of shelves off to the side with various like vials of potions, fluids, herbs. Um, but behind the counter in the back, you see a halfling woman uh, perched over the, um, the counter. And in the back, you can hear giggling and like the pattering of footsteps. Um, running through the back of the shop. Um, it sounds like kids. Um, this halfling woman looks at you, and she goes, Uh, hi. Hi there. Uh, what? What can I do? What can I do for you? Is everything okay? A man just collapsed outside of your shop. I think he was on his way in. And then I'm gonna run out back to check on the guy. Oh, you notice she takes a quick look into the back of the shop, um, whispers some words, and then walks up. Um, the man is still on the ground. He's about a foot further ahead from where he was as if he's trying to continue crawling. Closer to the shop? No, further away. Like he was further going away. past. Um, and she looks but, um, she looks at you and goes, um, quick, roll him, roll him over. Has, has he responded to you at all? No, not that I've noticed. He's just groaned. Give me a quick athletics check with advantage as she's kind of helping you roll him. Athletics check. Sorry. That's cool. I, I just saw the number. You and um, this woman, this halfling woman, quickly give him a um, kind of roll him over, like gently, of course. Um, and you notice this is like your first time seeing this person's face. It's fair skinned, um, tanned in a way that you're kind of familiar with. Maybe it's someone who has kind of worked out on a farm or been outdoors a lot. And because you can kind of see like as one of his sleeves goes up, he has a farmer's tan. There's like a clear line. Um, but this man's face is really pale and he looks really 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 sick you can see around his neck and up towards the top of his face you can see these kind of sickly green lines where his veins like are and upon closer inspection you can see that he has a pretty big slash on his chest like right up on his um, upper right shoulder does my medicine training or any can i do a medicine check yeah of course as you're doing this you notice um that the halfling woman has taken out um taken out uh, like a, a long cloth she had wrapped around her waist and is tearing it and is trying to wrap up his wound. Experience with poison, just based on the things you know and what you know how to deal with. This man has clearly been poisoned by something. If he doesn't get help, he doesn't doesn't look like he's going to have long. Um, he looks like he's been poisoned. He's going to need medical uh, attention as soon as possible. Can I... Can I use a... I'm going to just use a spell. Can I use Cure Wounds? Would yeah, that help? No, you, um, just roll me the dice for it. Okay. So you reach down and kind of put your hands over the bandage wound. And as you do, these little threads of greenish light come off your fingers. And you weave your fingers as it looks like these lines are starting to actually knit close his wound. And you see the damage being repaired. Bandages are still dry, but it looks like you've just taken him off, off death's door. It didn't seem to stop the poisoning. His face is still very gaunt, and you have like the green lines. Um, and the woman looks up to you and she goes, "Oh, this is this is pretty serious. Um, 
quick, go go right down the road. There is a small church, um, Church of the Mistress. Get light bearer Arbin. He can cure the poison Pro- probably much faster than I can because I don't know what caused it. She'll start running and then she'll stop short and turn back around and goes, what's his name? Light bearer Arbin. Light bearer. Okay, and then she takes off in the direction. Outside of the local saloon, a young man and his floating companion, a small leather-bound book, vigilantly search for their next chance at a real adventure. Edward is like six foot big. He's just a large man. He kind of looks like he's assembled out of beef round roasts. And he's, he's, he's wearing like this really goofy looking like cape, but you can tell like that's definitely like a picnic blanket kind of tied around his neck like Calvin. Um, <laughs> he looks like a like a man child in the scariest way. Like this is a very large man who's clearly used to manual labor, but he's he's dressed up like a like a DIY superhero. And it's kind of freaky. <laughs> Deadwood Edwardar. <laughs> oh, that's good. Like I said, I am a walking compromise between two very strong real-world parents. Yep. This whole thing, his whole MO is trying very hard to be a hero. So if there's like a notice board or a town forum, I would definitely be reading it and desperately trying to construe even the most innocent post as a call to adventure. You, by some manner of circumstance, have also made your way into this small town. You're out standing outside of a tavern. This tavern is called the Hearth, where the um, the kind of help wanted it is posted. You see a bunch of notices kind of tacked up along this. There's one Iron Serpents Prowl the Plains, and it looks like it's a notice to anyone traveling along the roads at night or along the outer, like the outlying woodlands along the road. Caravans and people have been attacked by this group of bandits. You see um, a help wanted sign from. Allagash Farms, which, based on your knowledge of the area, it's a town that's a bit further west of here. And they're offering people to work the fields. You see a posted warning about the Beast of Whiteleaf Forest. There isn't many details about what it is, but they know it seems intelligent and it prowls the woodlands just north of the town. Um, and at the bottom, you see a stamp sigil for a faction that you have crossed paths with, but never actually had any interaction with it interactions with called the Hunters of Amarth, essentially a guild of monsters. A bounty for a man named Eunan Thistledown, who is the leader of a rebel group called the Thistledown Rebels. He has a 500 gold bounty on his head if you if he's brought alive to the Whispering Lake settlement, which is east of here towards the... Um, and you also see... So there's a description of this person. Like there's a picture. You haven't met someone who looks like this before, but you see the telltale signs of an air densai, which is a, his hair is very wispy and kind of um, ethereal, almost cloud-like looking at it. Like, I grew up on a farm. Would I be 100% sure the dude's not just kind of losing his hair? Um, You might think that. Actually, you know what? Yeah, let's... let's Again, that makes not sense. the sharpest tool here. Not the sharpest tool. Um, So, oh, yeah, I like that better. A little bit of this is going to be me getting to know your characters, too. You see a guy whose hair looks a little funky. Um, he has a cigar in his mouth. And it's signed by a man at the bottom named Lucas Thistledown. Um, and you find one other post that's kind of a um, help wanted for the Allagash mines off to the east. Um, they're mining Electrum and they need help. While you're standing here looking through the um, thing, your ears perk up immediately. You hear the sound of a struggle. One of my top five sounds. Yeah, it's one of your top, <laughs> top five sounds. Yeah, you hear what sounds like a scuff off to your left a little bit down the road. Um, I'd say maybe 30 feet at most. But when you look, you see um, an older man um, wearing these kind of white, what looks to be kind of monk vestiges. Um, it's basically just like a loose a loose shirt that's kind of um, has like a V collar in the middle. Um, and the robes are wrapped with a, a, a thick rope around the belt. Um, and they're white and gold. See this bald human man. He's holding a, a satchel, and there's another man with him who's wearing um, leathers, looks kind of rough and tough and beat up. And he's trying to take the satchel from the man. And the man is, oh, my word, help, help. I'm just going to put my head down at about midriff level and run at the apparent mugger as fast as I possibly can. Okay, give me a, what's your goal here? Are you trying to attack me? I am. I am just going, is there, is he at all within like smashing distance of a wall? Um, yeah. So there, he's kind of got the guy 
pushed up towards a building, um, kind of in the shadow of this cloth overhang, where it doesn't seem like someone has noticed exactly what's happening yet. You could probably try and slay him in the wall if you want. Yes, yes, it is. That is my preferred approach. Okay. If he goes through the wall, all the better. Give me an athletics check. Okay, what's my athletics? Oh, that's one of the few things I'm good at. Okie dokie dokie. 25. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, it was a natural 20. <laughs> perfect. No matter what this guy rolls, he definitely will not beat that. <laughs> um, so you see this, this altercation happening, and you leap and take this guy out at the waist. And for you, he's so light, you actually get him up in the air and slam him against the wall. And with your natural 20, you see the back of his shoulders actually bust the window behind him. He lets go of the satchel, and this old man falls down on the ground on his back. Alea, you're making your way down the street. And mm-hmm. you see two buildings up closer to you. You see an old man that looks kind of like a priest um, get knocked to the ground as this burly-looking individual grabs another man and slams him into the wall of this, um, what looks to be a convenience store. And you hear glass shattering. What do you do? Uh, wait, where is the, the priest in comparison to the... They're all within about five feet of each other, right up against the wall of this convenience store. Um, she looks from the priest to the fight. She mumbles to herself, one, one, one issue at a time. And so she runs <laughs> to the priest and then asks, uh, are you Lightbearer Ar- Arbin? Um, the, as you say the name, the man looks over to you with a look of recognition on his face and then sees the satchel, his satchel at the feet of these two men fighting up against the wall of the side of the tavern. Um, Andrew, while this is happening, you feel a light punch into your gut. It doesn't even hurt you as this guy's trying to hit you in the stomach to get you off of him. What do you do? All right. Well, I hold him down by just kind of sliding up and just gradually working it so I'm sitting on his head. Okay, and so I turn towards the priest and go, don't you go anywhere, Gramps. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not really sure who's the mugger here. Um, so <laughs> as you, I didn't tackle you because you'd probably die. You have him. Uh, this guy smashed up against the window and you quickly grab him and just do a quick pivot as he pushes, try, is trying to push off of you and he stumbles down on the ground and you just kind of mm-hmm. sit down on his back. Um, yeah. And the man... I do, can I search him? Can I, can I real quick make sure I'm not going to get shivved? I've he's, been shivved. He's struggling. He's struggling. You see him reaching back towards what you can clearly see now is the like the um, the handle of a dagger that he had strapped to his belt on the backside. What do you do? I dial H for headbutt. <laughs> give, give me an attack roll with advantage. Okay. Just My to, attack roll is like, what is that with, with strength? Just, just, Okay. Uh, and prof- am I proficient with headbutts? Um, it's an unarmed attack. Everyone's proficient in unarmed attacks. Okay, well then that's... What's 18 plus 5? 23? Um, this man is on the ground. You see him reaching back for the dagger. And you just grit your teeth, rear your head back, and headbutt him on the back of the head. And his hand goes limp as the rest of him goes limp. Alright, I gotta confiscate that knife. Okay, you pick up the, um, the dagger. Oh, it was a cream cheese knife. It was totally innocent. It's just a plain old dagger. But as you as you do this, you see the priest. He he's like on his hands and knees, and he quickly reaches for his satchel. Oh, thank, thank you so much, young man. Again, don't thank me yet. I have this guy was actually the mugger. Only reason I tackled him is because he looked like he could survive, and you're like seventy. Is there like a sheriff in this town? You guys have that. Um, there's aldermen, usually there's, yeah, usually there's, um, in a small settlement like this, you're kind of aware that there is usually like three or four locals. They're kind of on call as like the watch. Um, but with a town this small, what they usually do is detain somebody who does something wrong. Um, and then they kind of send out for a representative from the crossroads to come and apprehend the person. Oh boy. But they have like a little jail where they could put somebody. Emergency! Emergency! Are, are you are you who I'm looking for? Oh uh, yes. Um, I, I am. He's like he's brushed. He's stood up now and he's brushing off of his clothes just to get the dust off of these kind of white, white and gold like trim vestiges he's wearing. Who I'm helping you? him stand up. Who are you two? <laughs> what 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 is wrong? Um, you need to, and I slowly start 
start like nudging in the direction of the okay. apothecary. I was like, someone collapsed in front of the apothecary and there's poison and the woman there told me to come get you and you need to hurry because they're going to die. And then I just like rambling. Like bear Arbin, he... Um, okay, here. And he takes his hat or takes his satchel, throws it up over his shoulder and um, he looks over at you, Tedward, and he goes, go inside the tavern and the, the barkeep, he's a good friend, he can call for the watch and deal with that. Rascal. The uh, Lightbearer Arvin starts to walk off with you towards this, towards the apothecary. Lightbearer Arvin made it up to the apothecary shop. Um, the doors open and you both walk in. And as you do, you hear the old man gasp um, at like the sight of this man because of how sickly he looks. You see him walk over and he starts to check him. He goes, do, do we know what, um, do we know what, what did this to him? He's inflicted with some type of uh, uh, poison. Creature or something else? Uh, I didn't get too good of a look at him, but he did have a giant gash on his chest. Chest? Yeah, you're right. Okay. It was his right shoulder. <laughs> oh, he takes okay. It and he looks to the the halfling woman. Um, the ruler, keep keep him still in case he struggles. Um, and he starts to undo the bandages to take a look at the wound. Someone has already done a mock repairing the wound. He looks to you. Um, Alea, what was that you? Uh, yeah, I, I did a little something. I, he, he looked like he was not going to even make the trip inside from the street to the apothecary doors. So I just did a little, a little something. Okay. Um, he sits down and he takes his satchel and opens it up. What's your passive perception? Um, it is 15. Um, with that, as it opens, you see something glitter from the inside of this bag as the light from one of the the oil lamps inside this building reflect off of it. You're not sure what it is, um, but okay. it was shiny. Um, and he reaches in and he pulls out a little box, a little wooden box with a latch on the front, and he undoes it. And inside, you can see a bunch of medicinal like reagents and bombs and things like that. And he starts kind of rubbing some of this like viscous oil on the wound, clean it up. You can see the green lines from it are starting to fade a little. Um, and he looks at the man, checks his pulse, and you see him reach into his his um, vestiges, and he pulls out what looks to be a um, an amulet of a pair of hands together, like palms facing outward, with a with what looks to be like an icon of the sun behind him. You recognize it as it's the symbol of the healing mistress, the goddess of healing. He starts speaking some words in what languages do you speak? Oh, um, that's what I was supposed to figure out. Uh, <laughs> Druidic and Elvish, okay, and common. While you don't understand the language that he's speaking. As he's speaking, you see these kind of an air of like a glow around his face as the words are coming from his mouth. And you see this kind of glow collect and then flip through the air and into the mouth of this man lying on the table. Um, and you see the green from the green from his veins suddenly start to subside. The man's breathing eases up. It looks like he's been fixed. And you see you see this the halfling woman. Now, you know, her name is Varula. She looks the light bearer Arvin and she says, um. How, how how much will this cost? And he says, he puts his hand on her shoulder and he says, uh, you, you have done enough for me in all the years I've been here. That is something you should never have. And she kind of nods. And she looks to you, Alay, and she goes, well, is, is he with you? Uh, no, he wasn't. He just, he, he bumped into me and then he, he fell and here we are. Lightbearer Arvin nods his head. Young woman, what, what, what is your name? Um... Aliyah Zil, Zil, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm going to get this. Aliyah Zilseri, or Z for short. Nice to meet you. She, my, she name, my name is Edmund Arben, and I am the head priest here in this town. Um, and he starts to help out. He starts to kind of lift to get his arm over one of his shoulders. Uh, she takes his other arm. Balance um, it out. Yeah, and the two of you help this man up, and he goes, "We're going to go. We're going to go to the hearth and get him a nice place to sleep this off." Um, and you guys make your way down on the main road towards the tavern where the altercation happened. Tedward is sitting on the back of this unconscious bandit. What do you do? I don't have anything to tie him up with, so I guess I'll just tie his bootlaces together. <laughs> okay, I'll do that real careful. And then I'll, uh, I'll kind of sling him over my shoulder and walk towards the tavern okay. where the 
So you walk up to the tavern and ahead of you is a set of uh, wooden double doors. And over top of this um, doorway is what looks to be like a forged iron arch. And you see carved into the wood, well, actually branded into the wood, is just the word, the hearth. These are these are like saloon style double doors. I could just yep. All right, well I'll just I'll just walk in. Got the guy over my shoulder. Oh, I'll be pragmatic. Okay. Um, you walk in and you see it. Bar is virtually empty. Um, back up by the bar, you see um a man who's kind of going through. He's looks like he's organizing the uh, the liquor shelf. Um, he's like pulling the bottles down, cleaning them, filling them up. Looks looks like he's preparing for the day. This man is fairly large. He's six foot. He's a rotund man. As he turns around to regard you, you see he has this kind of big, bushy, like homely beard. His face is kind of round um, and his cheeks are a bit red. He gives you a, a smile. At first glance, it looks warm and kind. <laughs> oh, Lord. What uh, what happened to him? Uh, he fell. <laughs> that guy's a thief. One of, his eyebrows, one of his eyebrows raised. Now, that that sounds uh, much more reasonable. Yeah, I, I subdued him, and I, I gestured to his shoes that I've tied together. He's not going anywhere. Oh, I, I don't think he is. Um, you guys I, got I like guess, a sheriff or yeah, whatever? Yeah, I guess you need me to call the, um, the constable. He'll, um, he'll get in touch with the um, one of the foot runners for the Emerald Crossroads. Um, it just... He like you see him slowly walk around to the back of the, behind the bar, and he opens up a door, and he's rummaging through, and he pulls out some rope. He goes, "Let's let's get him nice and wrapped up." Um, who who was he robbing? Um, yeah, I don't know. Old guy. Old guy. What did he look like? Uh, There's not many old I, guys here. This town is. I am. Uh, I kind of shift the guy's weight onto my one shoulder, mm-hmm. and I reach up and I snap. And the little book that's humming around my head like a bird flies into my hand. I start leafing through it. <laughs> Look at that. Until I find a description of the guy being robbed ago. He was an elderly man, frail of bearing, who walked ponderously and had a fearful air about him. Wore the clothing of a priest. Ah, that help you? Liber Arbane. Okay. Um. And as, as he says the guy's name, a little... Quill pen that has also been floating around zips into the book, scratches out a line, and replaces it with the guy's actual name. Okay. All right. Here, you just tie him up. He goes, I'm okay. going to go real quick and get a hold of the uh, get a hold okay. of the constable. Um, okay. He walks out through the doors with this kind of slow, comfortable gait. What's this? What is? What looks like the least movable object in the room? Um. So in the middle of this tavern, now that you've had a chance to take it in. There's a large fire pit in the center with these kind of nicely placed stones around it. Um, mm-hmm. And on top of it is a big iron ring, like raw iron. It looks like it has all these kind of intricate carvings on it. And it's sitting around this fire pit. And around that four wooden supports that look like they support the ceiling above, which goes up into a tall ventilation stack um, at the top of this tavern. Um, is there currently a fire? Uh, no, not yet. Can I have tied him to that thing where they like put the meat on it and turn it over the fire? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just gonna have him dangling there. <laughs> um, let's see. Hmm, he's he's a pretty big fellow. I don't know if the whole um true. All right. Well, anything sturdy that's not that's that's bolted down. I'll just I'm not good at tying things. So you just kinda walk around him with a rope of lunch. Not a sailor. Um, you tie him to uh what looked like one of the support posts for the um the upper floor or the ceiling of the tavern. Um, the guy's still the guy's still unconscious. He's got a big weld on the back of his head from where you bonked him. Toddy, um, the big man who runs the place, has come back with a constable. They look to you, Tedward, um, and the constable goes, "Well, hi there. So, uh, what what happened here with this this fella?" And he points to the man tied up. He's a thief. Okay, he writes that down. Um, and <laughs> and and who was he stealing from? I remember that. Hold on. Light, light bulb, Andy. Hold on. I look in my little book again. Light bulb, Andy. Light bringer, Arvin. Light bearer, Arvin. Okay. Um, he writes that kind of nod. Hefty fine there. Um, Toddy here has told me you that you've apprehended him. 
it might, might be easier if you just read it. And I like snap towards him and the book flies over and like opens in front of his face and a little like sound that almost sounds like a horn introducing somebody at like a feast, but it's, it's tiny. So it's like a kazoo. It's like, and it opens up his, in front of him. As this happens, his eyes are wide and he's kind of, uh, all right. And he starts to read through the book. It's going to take a while. I'm just going to tell you, like, the chapter of me apprehending the thief has been, like, everything else, embellished into, like, a three, like, three to four pages of, like, him and me trading blows and flying through the air. So it's not accurate. Um, so are you telling this to the... the uh, no, no. He can find out. But I'm just saying, like, if you have any need a frame of reference for how long it takes to read it. Okay. Um, so he... All right, this is this is gonna take a while. He looks at you. Did, did you write this? No, no. Book does that. Mighty flowery. <laughs> and he walks over to he walks over to uh, the bar, and the book flits behind him, plops down on the the bar with a thud, and he's like reading through the book, transcribing notes down. Um, after about five minutes or so, you hear as he closes his um ledger and he goes. All right. Well, I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna take custody of the, custody of this fella here, and we're gonna get him sent away to the Emerald Crossroads for assaulting a priest. Uh, he puts his hand out to you. Um, what's your name? Uh, Tedward. Tedward. All right. Well, thank Tedward. you. Thank you for the service, Tedward. Um, That'll be twenty five dollars. <laughs> well. Or what's the currency in this world so that when it's, I do it's gonna thing. be it's gonna be gold. That will be five gold. Wow, you're uh you're rather cheap. On the books, anybody who catches a criminal and doesn't break anything, um you didn't break <laughs> you didn't break anything, did you? <laughs> Letting profusely no. <laughs> what are you looking Well, I mean if he had if he had read the book, it would sound I mean, like it would sound the like the book makes it sound it. like we laid waste to half the town. Yeah, and he walked <laughs> up here and didn't see any laid waste, so it's like <laughs> He can kind of get the idea. Um, he looks at you. You didn't break anything, did you? No. I'm a really bad liar because my charisma is low. Can I make a performance check? Your, your, your charisma. <laughs> my charisma. Um, I'll make a performance check. Uh, deception check. Okay, deception check. Even worse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Six. Six. Um, and he goes... <laughs> He has a he has like what looks to be a little pouch of gold in his hand, and he looks through and starts counting off. And he goes, eight gold for uh, catching this individual. Um, I took two off for the damage that you definitely did. Um, I'm pretty sure if I read through my notes, one of the things that that book said might be true. Um, <laughs> and you can add eight. Gold it's in the book. It's there. true, man. Uh huh. Hundred percent. Well, you enjoy yourself and don't get into any more trouble unless, you know, someone's in trouble. And he walks out through the double doors. Alaya, you and Lightbearer Arbane um, go up the stairs to the back. And he leads the man to what looks to be a personal room. Slides open the door and he goes, um, he puts him here. He kind of starts to shift his weight onto the bed. Um, you help him and you kind of just... Gently put the man down, and Lightbearer opens up one of the little drawers of an end table, takes out a, a piece of paper, and starts to scribble down a note for him. Yeah, when he should wake up, he should be fine, and we can figure out what happened to this fella. Oh, okay. Um, oh, he's probably gonna be thirsty when he wakes up. I'll, I'll go get him a glass of water. I stroll out. Uh, let's go to it's gonna take a while to beat these names into my brain. <laughs> Edward, what would you be doing right now? Hmm. At this point, the constable has left. He's taking the man with him. Well, since I just knocked somebody out, I would be taking the first of many daily naps. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just leaning back in a chair, and my little book is like folded over my face. <laughs> okay. I'm just out. Alea, what would you be doing? Um, the other two rushed in and are like out of breath, right? Yeah, very out of breath. They look exhausted. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that um, Kale has a lot more like calyx than normal. So she startles and then she runs back to the tap and fills two more glasses of water. <laughs> oh. She'll bring it over to them. Thank you. 
I hand her two gold. <laughs> oh my god, you're gonna go broke. How much gold do you have? You're gonna go broke. So uh, I'm at seven gold now. I cast prodigi- pre- prestidigitation and chill the water in my hands. Oh, nice. And I chill, um, I chill Pele's water as well. As you first, uh, Malaya, as you hand Thin Scrawny Fellow the glass, you watch it fog up as he starts to go. The same thing happens to the other man's well, or the, Just the other man's gulp it all down. She leans close and she's like, oh, that's so cool. And then she looks down at the gold in her hand. She's like, wait, I don't work here. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a gesture. A a, a, a kindness. Oh. A thank you. Okay. And then she's probably just going to go put it on the bar. Like the two goals on the bar. Uh, I heard there's someone in, I, I, I heard there's someone in need here. Can I help? In need. In need? Oh! The man upstairs. He's doing better. Thankfully, the priest got to him in time. Light bear or or Arpin. Uh, is he your friend? I describe the guy that I saw, the one I'm looking for, and ask him if this is what he looks like. DM question. Is that what he looks like? What is described <laughs> to you is um, a human male. Okay. Um, with kind of short. <laughs> I didn't really describe him earlier because it was just trying to yeah. roll through. Um, you see a human male with kind of short, close-cut black hair. It's the same guy. Oh, yes. He's upstairs resting. That's the guy I've been looking for. And I go up to his bedside, if I can. I'm going to chill in the bar while he goes upstairs. Um, I'm afraid I'm not used to such buildings. What is your specialty? Um, so we... Uh, we're known for being the most warm and comforting tavern in town. We have a hot whiskey drink that's fairly soothing to the soul. Um, what is whiskey? You're not a drinker, then, I presume? No. <laughs> I have not drank in a long time. Um, the first time I drank was with my uh, companion upstairs. That was quite strange. Uh, it, it, Ali, ale, ale. That's that's it. Oh, ale. Um, he reaches behind the counter and pulls out like a short stout bottle of this kind of golden orange liquid, and he takes out a little tiny glass and he pours it and he goes, "Would you like to try some?" Sure. Roll me a Constitution check. Oh boy. <laughs> um, plus three Constitution. I'm strong in the gullet. Fourteen total. Um, so you take this little... What do you I, I take it, I take a look at it. I cast Prestidigitation again to chill the glass. Okay. And then I swig it down. Um, it burns, but at the, <coughs> the after, yeah, the after... That is a strange drink. People do this normally. Well, yeah, not usually not at noon, but... Is, is this drink something that over time gets better? You, you could say that, yeah. I will have another. Where is that? <laughs> um, I'm from quite far away. I am near the mountains near Ashmore. All right, so you, you've come a pretty long way. Yes, I am on a journey. A uh, journey? And then I run over to, the, to him. <laughs> yes, I have been given a task. A task that I must complete. I will travel quite far. I do not know my end destination. I'm also on a journey, but nothing too fancy. Just got to speak to some people about curses. Do you know anything about curses? Um, and you see, he kind of recoils a little bit. No, I do not about many curses. I know about gifts, but curses are still for it. Hmm. What about you, magic book guy? Anything about curses? Oh, yeah, I've been cursed loads of times. <laughs> 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 Let me check. And then my book zips over to me. And I'm like, yeah. Poisoned. I got turned into a puddle and stepped in. Do you have like a list? You have just, it's like a, a written list with bullet points of each of the time you've been cursed. No, I'm reading the chapter titles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> chapter uh, five. Tedward gets turned into a puddle. Uh, so Aaliyah then goes over to, to Tedward. How did you break those curses? Oh, generally just by being cool. Hmm. <laughs> like a lot of wizards like if you just hit them real hard they have a hard time doing magic that makes sense so like the puddle guy I drowned him 
in myself. <laughs> I mean, that's what the book says. It's got to be true. She sits down next to him and starts thinking really hard. I don't know if that's going to help me. Why are you cursed? Definitely. Yeah, like how so? You're being vague. Well, here's the thing. I come from a long line of herbalists and florists and plant makers and just all all about wildlife. And I can't grow anything. The only thing I've been able to keep alive are a few poisonous plants and a single cactus. Everything else, dead. No matter what I do, it has to be a curse. So you're thinking this like a like a family curse thing that's always been around? Mm, I'm the only one that's really affected in my family. Everyone else doesn't really have a problem. I don't know. I don't know anything about baby curses. <sighs> it was around when you were a baby. That's real. That's bad mojo. <laughs> Like baby curse. <laughs> Fifteen on that second constitution check. Oh, for the alcohol, yeah. Um, yeah I he's just pounding it back while we're talking. Yeah, no, it goes, it goes just fine. Kayla, you make your way up the stairs. Claws scraping on the wood. Do you, do you wear shoes? Um, I don't think I would have cared about shoes before, so I wouldn't have thought of it. I might be wanting them now, but I don't have any. Yeah. Okay. So you make your way up and right down the hall. On the left, there's a one door that's closed. The rest of them are open. I head in. Okay. So laying on the bed, you see, um, you see a human male, the man that you saw fending off those thugs, and he's lying in the bed. He has a big bandage wrapped around his his um, right shoulder. You notice that at the fix to his belt is what looks to be like a fine looking hat, and he's knocked out cold. There's a little note on the bedside next to him with a glass of water and some food. Uh, is there a chair in the room? Uh, yeah, there's a stool off to the side. I will go sit in the stool and wait for him to awaken. Okay. 18 hours later. Um, <laughs> Might be. My character's not moving. You've been sitting here for maybe a half hour. Guy's still out. He hasn't even moved. I would be, I would still be sitting and I would, um, I would be trying my best to get my calyx to like stay flat. Mm-hmm. And every time I get one to stay, another one pops up somewhere else. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gleaming as much information as I can from this person. Not taking anything, but like... Okay. Give me, I, give me an investigation bit. check. Uh, am I right? Yeah, 14. You like reach in his pockets, empty. You notice attached to his waist is a little tiny pouch of coin. And then something catches your eye. Right on the top of his head, he has a fucking calyx. <laughs> it's just, you as you're touching, you watch the hair kind of flit up. Where his little black hairs are just sticking up. I immediately sit back down and question whether or not I did that to him or not. Tedward, sitting there napping. And after about 20, let's say 20 minutes, um, you feel your book on your face start to flutter. Okay. Um, That's normal. It gets excited when new things pop up. Um, And it actually lifts, it flaps the side of your face a couple times. And then it kind of leaps off and flits across the room and lands on a table. Cool. She's going to get up and go investigate it. <laughs> uh, do they all do that? What, like all books? <laughs> no, not, yes. not, not in general, no. I don't know many books. I've got like a lot. Do you want to borrow one? And I open my satchel and I like reach in and you can tell I've got at least 40 pounds of cheap novels <laughs> knocking around in my backpack. You are quite the collector. I, I reach into my vestments and pull out a um, what appears to be it's like a book, but it's made of thin pieces of bark. They're not full pages. They're just like desiccated bark that have been like someone used like a knife to scratch text in instead of writing it. This is, this is my book. Ah, cool. What's it about? It is for prayer. Oh, okay. I generally go in for like adventures, beat em ups. Not really a church guy, thank you. Prayer is its own adventure. And I slip it back in. <laughs> You're a word for that. I've never been beat up while praying. Aaliyah's chasing book. <laughs> okay, so this is this is this is what's happening in the background. Every time you try and move closer to the book to watch it, flits up and away and plops down on the table and keeps writing as if it's trying to be 
the unbiased camera off to the side. <laughs> and you keep getting up in the lens. <laughs> like, She's just, she does it at least four times. Okay. <laughs> After the fourth one, the, the thing lifts up and goes to flutter away, and the, the feathery end of the quill bops you on the nose, and it flies away again and plops down. That Let's just say this is where it lands on the bench around the fire pit. Ooh. Sorry. And you notice that um, Toddy has started to get a fire going um, for you guys. Um, he's got like, a swarm of logs he's putting in the pit in the middle, um, and he has like a tinderbox, and he lights up a nice warm comforting fire in the middle of this tavern i'm gonna stand up from the counter and move mm-hmm. from the table furthest from the fireplace okay so you'd be like at the back corner by the entrance yeah all the way as far back as i can possibly get i'm gonna cast press the digitation again mm-hmm. and instantly put out the fire okay um <laughs> well if it's considered a Small campfire, I can do that. Yeah, I'd say it's about it's about roughly that size at this point. Um, Toddy has walked back towards the bar to grab more firewood as you snuff it out. The book quickly spins and looks at you and starts writing a little more. And then looks back at the fire. And Thurbash, you notice as you do this. Let's see. Um, you notice the fire, like... Basically, it looks like someone, as you put it out, like a sing- it's being drawn into a single point. It's being sucked into like a sphere, kind of. And as you, as it's drawn in, you swear for a brief moment, you see the outline of a small figure in the flames. Maybe, maybe about a foot tall, a silhouette, like a bright orange silhouette of something that vanishes. Tedward, the book quickly, it flits back over to you and kind of plops down right on your face. All right, I pick it up and I... Uh... I just flip it open and I read it. I usually do when it gets bothersome. Um, my you see there's one line written um, at the top of a brand new page and it has a bunch of lines under it. Like a bunch of lines. Like it's trying to emphasize. And it says, the mighty Tedward may soon find a friend within the flames. I put the book down and I think real hard for a little while because <laughs> I'm not good with riddles. And anybody looking at me would if you know the meme of that kid with the really veiny face. <laughs> they go, hey, barkeep, you got some kind of demon in your fireplace? Toddy kind of looks at you with an odd look. He goes, no, none that I know of? I mean, I, I've, I've you know, owned this tavern for 10 years and nobody's ever mentioned anything about it. All right, well, I'm going to go take a look and find a demon. Some serious negligence. You, you said demon? I, I saw something in the fire, but I wasn't sure. Um, I don't know if I like this whiskey or not. Can I get another? <laughs> to make sure. All right. Um, if you have another one, I will say you are drunk. Um, sure. Because you're thin, wiry, and you don't drink. So three shots within maybe a 20-minute span, that's going to hurt. Yeah, at the mention of the word demon, Aaliyah pulls out her sage bundle, lights it, and then like starts like smoking around her. I I can't have any demons. I can't add to more. I can't add to the curse. So she's like cleansing herself with the sage. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stand up and be like, ah, demons are more like set you on fire and eat you. They're not really cursed. Uh, I'm gonna go over and I'm just gonna. Is there like a fire po- a fire no, poker? Yeah, there's one leaning up against one of the um actually There are little, so many of those fireplace tools, I don't know. Yeah, there's a there's <laughs> I you know humans only use one of them. Um yeah, right? It's like <laughs> it's it's leaning up against the um the support. There's like a little metal loop with a couple of pokers in it. You grab the poker out just fine. Yeah, I'm gonna just kinda squint at the fire and start poking it. Um you poke, and as you do, you notice the um the embers in the middle like the, the very deepest center of the part of the pit start to glow with a deep red as you poke them like more than normal for a fire i'm not a fireman so i'm just <laughs> gonna keep poking until i either provoke a reaction or get bored so this is where at this moment i'm gonna take the reins a little bit tedward um you're leaning over poking the fire with this stick with the fire poker and the embers are red um the specific one you're poking is like a deep, deep red, like glowing with like a blood red color, uh, much deeper and more intense 
than all the other coals. Thurbash, you're sitting there just watching intently, and you watch smoke start to rise up from the, the cinders of the logs. And Tedward gives one hard poke as the thing crumbles, and you watch a bunch of smoke flit up into the air. And it briefly takes the form of a cat, maybe a foot, um, foot tall, tall, pointed ears. Um, at color. this point, right now, it's just made of smoke. And it, Thurbash, it's eyeing you. Oh. Um, and you see the eyes, they start to glow with. Um, we all see the cat, right? Yeah. That, I know, is not normal. <laughs> I know that. I'm pretty sure. Um, and as you're saying this, the eyes, the, like, the, the little heated red eyes of this like smoky cat narrow at you, and the fire suddenly <laughs> roars up <laughs> around this thing. Four feet tall, it's big. It just suddenly flared up in front of you. And you see Toddy take a couple steps back, and he's what? What the hell did you just do? Um, and this creature looks at him and eyes him. The bonfire gets bigger. The smoke turns into flames and you can see like a molten fluid body. Since I specifically read that it might be a friend. I don't I don't, actually I probably shouldn't say that. I don't want to give too much away about the book. I'm just going to like stick out my hand and be like, hey, I'm Tedward. Tedward the Great, powerful, maybe you're right. Elemental, extra, extra dimensional. What, what's your deal? The cat, the, the cat regards you, and its eyes squint at you, and it starts speaking in this weird... The only way to describe it, like it's moving its mouth, and it just sounds like a fire crackling. Mm. Like, you can't really understand it. Mm. But it's trying to communicate with you. Anybody here speak Rice Krispie? <laughs> <laughs> no. I would lean in closer. I go, I am Tedward, me, and like pound my chest, go, me, Tedward, you. It looks at you, its eyes narrow, and you just hear one word come from its mouth, and it says, Igni. At this moment, its eyes narrow to Thurbash. Yeah, its form kind of liquefies and spins around. Feed me the plant, man. And looks at Thurbash, and it says, I extinguish no more the flames kind of get larger and larger you forgotten just like me the fire kind of disperses across the room and you hear a sound it it sounds like a harsh wind suddenly gets cut off nothing catches but like the ceiling and the floor have these like black scorch marks on it from around the fire and then the fire suddenly goes dead i don't think you should turn snuff out the fire any anymore. <laughs> I made it mad. I would have pounced and made sure that uh, nothing would have hurt my uh, hero friend here. Okay, yeah, he's good. You heard a loud, like, whoosh of air move through the tavern, like, through the hallway behind you. Uh, hey, lady, we may have a problem. Okay. No worry, he's safe. <laughs> Not that kind of problem. Haley is... Checking outside the door, walking out, getting ready to walk down. I've still got my hand out with like a semi-patient look on my face. Like I'm waiting for a handshake. (laughs) Durbash is just standing still with his hands up, staring at the fireplace with his back against the wall. And at that moment, you notice you can no longer hear the birds outside. The occasional chatter that you might hear of a, a crate being dropped down on the ground or an individual yelling on the street. It's all silent. It's too quiet. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to. Aaliyah's probably going to make it her way over to like a window. Aaliyah, you walk over to the window on the side of the tavern and you see the um, the iron latch. You lift it up and you open the window. Thurbash, next to you, the window to your left opens. And Alea, you can see yourself through the tavern. And at that moment, you realize you are trapped in this tavern.
Hey everybody, thanks for sticking around to the end, and I hope you enjoyed getting to know our adventurers. I know the audio this week was a little rough, but I really appreciate you sticking it out. This is kind of a learning process for all of us. We will be releasing episodes every other week, starting with today. So that's going to be every other Friday. As always, you can find us at toapodcast.com. That's toapodcast.com. Or on Twitter at Tales of Asperon. By next week, we're also going to have an email sorted out for those of you who want to contact the show. So stay tuned. See you soon.